Welcome to Talking Wow, the podcast where we talk about World of Warcraft, believe it or not. My name is Tom, and today we are going to be talking about the race to world first in Avarice. Is it really a race if it's over? I'm not too sure. But to discuss this further is a very special guest from across the pond, as we like to say on this podcast. And that is Mike. Hey, Mike. Hey, happy to be here. This is a fun one because we are talking to Race to World First. And as you mentioned, I am from the NA, or as we like to call it over here, um, the winning side. So I'm excited to talk about this with you guys. And also here today, sitting in the corner with a box of tissues. That doesn't sound very good. <laughs> it's, it's our European representative for talking about racing to world first. It is Marty. Hello, Marty. Hello, uh, I am from, not from the NA, I'm from the region of the world where we had the fastest kill. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess that's a thing now, apparently. I feel like I got to step in here and be like a referee. I am wearing like black and white stripes uh, on my shirt right now. <laughs> so I feel like I need to ring a bell and just go, whoa, we haven't even started yet. The gloves aren't <laughs> even on. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we're here to talk about uh, race to world first in Aberus, which launched in 10.1 in Dragonflight. And if you don't know what the f race to world first is, well. then I got news for you. Either do I. I don't have an, any idea what it is. I don't even know why I'm, I'm here to talk about it. But basically, it's when the top guilds in the world come together and they race to beat the end boss of a raid on the highest difficulty, and then they get massive bragging rights. And there's lots of fierce competition, especially from the fans. You might have heard that already. But to kick us off here, Mike, what is it about Race to World First in general that you like and you've enjoyed watching it over the years? Uh, first off, I think that the reason why a lot of people enjoy it is the same reason that a lot of people enjoy watching sports. Is that you're watching the best players in the world doing the same thing that you feel that you can do just a whole lot better uh, and to a level that it's like watching basketball it's like I know I could never do the things that they're doing but I can still dribble a basketball I can still shoot I can still do a mythic plus and I could still join a raid but could I do mythic probably not and could I do mythic at the level and the gear that they're doing definitely not so for me that's what it's extremely exciting about it. It's just seeing these guys on the bleeding edge, creating the strats as they go, and just jumping in there and making a mockery of the bosses. What about you, Marty? Because you you and Mike, I, I, I've known you both for a long time, too long, some might say. <laughs> and I know that every time a new raid comes out, you two are always bantering about Risk the World first. And like Mike says, with that aspect of sports, you do have that taking a side and supporting a team, yep. so to speak. In this regard, it's more like region versus region. And mm -hmm. yeah, so what has it been like for you watching Race to World First? Because I know you're not really a, a big sports person outside of <laughs> potentially esports, but you seem to have this this rivalry and competition in you. So what what does it mean to you? 
Um, I mean, all the stuff that Mike already mentioned, um, and obviously, you know... Um, Wait, you're agreeing with your competitor? I, I am agreeing <laughs> with my competitor, yeah, uh, because, you know, sports is not always just... You know, it's not just about being against each other, because we're all playing the same sport. So, technically, we're all on the same side, we just want to be better at it than the other one, you know? <laughs> so, but no, I... I, you know, I'm a raider as well myself, so it's, you know, it's just interesting to see, you know, these people playing it on such a higher level than, than we can do. And to be fair, Mike, I'm pretty sure you would be able to do Mythic as well. I think the main difference is that if you were going to do it, you would have a way higher item level <laughs> than these players who are going in here world first and doing yeah, it. I knew so, there was going to be some sort of burn there. It was... It's not a burn. That's no, a no, fact. No, no, it's not a, that's, it's not a burn. I have been raiding Mythic Plus as well, and when we are <laughs> going in there, we have higher item level than, you know, than the, the raid, uh, when the, the race to world first people go in there. Because I'm they... just trying to bounce you two off each other. <laughs> I'm just trying to stoke the coals here. <laughs> Um, because yeah, because when they go in and do it, they only have had access to some of this mythic gear for like mm -hmm. you know that, what they got that week. Unless it's going into two weeks, then they have two weeks worth of, of gear, you know. Where when you know my girl, when I did it, uh, when we arrived at the last boss, we have been clearing mythic, you know, the, the other bosses for quite a while. Yeah. So most people had most of the gear when we got to the last boss, and you know that helps a lot. <laughs> With the introduction of patch ten point one, we get a new raid which is Aberus. like Mike's totally spoiled at the start of the episode not that it was really much of a <laughs> thing to keep a secret but North America have the bragging rights this time with Liquid Guild getting the first kill on Sakharov the end boss there how was this Mike like can you give us a little summary from, from what happened over in America? Because I'm sure all the news outlets were covering it a lot differently from over here in Europe. Uh, so <laughs> The BBC what, what... was completely skewed. <laughs> <laughs> what was going on from, from the American side? Because I know in the past, and correct me if I'm wrong, because again, I am not a wrist first expert here. I just host a podcast. From what I've gathered and read in the past, Europe have been quite a dominant force when it comes to Race to World mm -hmm. First. But now, North America have that bragging right, that gold medal. So how does that feel? I mean, it's always fun to be, as we might say, it's like on the winning side, you know? Uh, it's always a good feeling. Uh, I think, if I'm correct, Marty can correct me here, but until Limit, um, at the time they were Limit, which is now uh, Liquid, at the time when they were limit and they actually got their first race to world first um title eu had dominated the scene for i think the past eight years or something like that and then before then you had obviously those older guilds and the older raids like you know like rad the lich king and things like that um and that was a mix between oceanic and eu guilds so na was never really a huge player in the scene overall i felt and then when limit slash liquid kind of started coming onto the scene it was a great feeling because all of a sudden you have at the time it was just the two guilds uh limit and echo or sorry it was limit and method at the time going at it and it was really fun to watch from both sides but it was very obvious that method still had everything kind of in the bag and we were just kind of lucky to be in there and then we got the win, and it was a great feeling, and then they took it back again. And then everything kind of split back, where Echo, it became Echo, Method still had their thing, and then 
um, now it's liquid. But from our side watching it this time, it was very exciting in terms of there was a lot more guilds involved, it felt. Like, for the most part, uh, there was a lot more guilds within striking distance that we can get into the reasoning behind that a little later. Um, but I enjoy watching both streams. So it was fun waking up in the morning and putting on Echo until Liquid woke up and then putting on Liquid and watching and seeing the difference play out between the two guilds and how they approach things. Um, but at least from my perspective, I really had a blast watch it, watching it, as I usually did. Yeah, I mean, if I should add anything, um, I think the, the main difference between, for me at least, for this time around and, and you know, all the previous times is that I actually was were quite busy. No, so I actually didn't watch a lot of it this time around. But what I did, when I did watch, was towards the end. And uh, one thing that, that sort of, you know, sprung into my eyes quite quickly was that, sure, uh, Echo had caught up to, to Liquid this time around. I think Echo did very well up until the last boss, from what I gather. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, if you've watched more than I have, but that's the feeling that I got, that we actually, we, <laughs> Ecker was actually there quite fast, but it seems like, and I don't know if it's because, you know, Limit ha Liquid had a, like a different strat or what it was, but I, I could see that their, you know, pull count was lower than, than Echo's, but they had a better percentage, and that's usually, mm -hmm. you know, a good sign if you want to kill it, that, you know, less pulls better percentage then you're probably doing something right yeah you had mentioned earlier um i think that echo had a faster kill um which they were there in less times but it has also been shown or said that um sorry the baby in the background is starting to go wild um, <laughs> <laughs> um let me grab she's her clearly an echo fan it sounds like she's she's like yeah, Ecker is better. That's what I'm hearing her saying. Um, I don't think that's what she's saying. Um, <laughs> but it would be said that we had less pools, so roughly people equate that to a cleaner kill. Right? Mm. Like a cleaner kill. And I think that I don't necessarily know if it was a better strat rather than they settled into it a little easier and a little quicker than what Echo did. But mm. I think that Echo had... Um, a fantastic pace throughout the raid um, yep. obviously these are the top guilds in the world so um, us critiquing them is not really oh. uh, something that is like a thing but it could absolutely like... <laughs> it is um, and obviously all of the players have their own opinions on it as well um, for better or for worse so just comparing it to sport again I was like have you ever seen fans in a you know in a sporting event? They are absolutely critiquing everything. You know, yeah. if somebody doesn't make that basket or hits that home run, or you know, to bring it back to Europe, if someone doesn't score a goal with a football, uh, just you know, gotta keep this uh, conversation balanced with how we're talking about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Being more American or, or European right now, because this is a you know a... this is a global podcast. Exactly, <laughs> right. exactly. Just like the race. Um, but no, I actually, I actually do think that it's actually kind of nice that, that Liquid could take one as well this time around because, you know, if it's just one-sided all the time, that's not really a lot of fun to it. So uh, sure, we lost now, but now we have even a you know, better reason to perform even better next time, you know, so. And on that note, I might take over just a little bit of uh, Tom's mediator um, ability here and kind of transition us into... Um, Marty, I don't yeah, know. It's if... fine. I'll I'll go home. It's uh, <laughs> totally bye, Tom. Fine. Just leave. Just leave the link up. We'll take it from here. 
I don't know how much Marty you heard about it, but it was going around that generally this was a bit of an easier raid yeah. um, in terms of tuning. Um, now I did hear at least from Max, who is a part of Limit. Um, he was actually a fan of the tuning and said that he thought that other than a couple bosses that could have been a bit more difficult and maybe the raid could have been a little more difficult um, overall, he felt like it was actually pretty well done. Um, hmm. There weren't any sneaky, sneaky nerfs in the last moments there by Blizzard um, to make something more manageable. And at least from the viewer perspective because this was a short raid um it was it was done within one reset and personally i found that to be much more enjoyable than than some of the previous ones that we've had i do feel like i, I actually do kind of do like when it goes into second reset mm -hmm. but i think part of it is also because one some something that has been ch that has changed up is that all the difficulties are out at the same time now um instead of you know mythic being postponed a little bit afterwards and i feel like for a player that is probably awesome but for the race i actually kind of dislike that a little bit because then we start out with just having a lot of normal splits heroic splits and yeah. splits are just I, boring I stop so. you right there because mm -hmm. i don't know what splits are and i want you to explain to me i'll explain what it to splits you. and why is it not an ice cream <laughs> I mean, it potentially could be an ice cream. Uh, I don't know um, about that. But splits are when you go into, um, you have your raid roster. Every, each player has X amount of, of characters that they need to, to try and gear because it's down to luck as well, which character is then being the final character. So what you do is that you utilize the dungeon finder. Um, so you set a team of X amount of people from your team and then you get the audience to join in and the audience agrees that they're going to be paid in gold, like I don't know how many millions uh, that they get to participate. I'm, sh I'm not even kidding you, that is that is what it, they're paid. Um, and then they just forfeit any loot drops. And what they then do is that they're gathering all the loot, they're putting it into a spreadsheet, that character that is carrying the loot is being locked out. Um, and then they repeat that on, on different characters until they've done it like 15 times, 20 times, how many times it, it takes for each class and, and whatever characters they want to bring. And then they have the spreadsheet and they can figure out, all right, we can gear this character, that character, and that character. And then they lock those characters back in that have, that is holding all the loot because you have two hours and that countout stops when you're locking out. So, so you have two hours to 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 you know divide the loot, and that is a split. So, to simplify this in my brain, and maybe anyone else who's not deep into Race to World first, this is basically a like fast track to gearing characters so that yes. they can compete better in the raids. Yes. Which, to me, that sounds absolutely bizarre. When you think of Race to World first, you think, okay, you know, you've got these very fancy cars at the start line and someone moves <laughs> the flag and they go. You don't expect, hang on, we're going to have to build the car first before we uh, start the race. <laughs> it's part of the race, but I think uh, one thing that is actually kind of cool with this is that um, you get the, the audience to participate as well. So I think there is that aspect to it that on the stream. If you, you can help your team out, the team that you're rooting for, I, I don't really think that you, Tom, can go and to the local football team, wherever you support, and, and help them, you know, play ball. Uh, <laughs> I don't think... I mean, I could probably wash their kits or something like that. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so I do like that aspect, but from a, just a straight 
a viewing point of view, I, I really don't like splits. It's boring. And that's probably my point. Although this is a community event, or essentially, it's not an official thing run by Blizzard. It's the guilds that are running this and have the sponsorship behind it and are putting in the, the production value behind it. I think when it comes to an event that you want to watch and it's supposed to be that spectacle, I don't know if the aspect of that side of things would interest me and almost if someone was like hey i'm gonna watch this race the world first and they tune in on the first day and they see someone doing a bunch of mythic dungeons are they just gonna be like well i'm not gonna watch somebody do mythic dungeons like this is boring like <laughs> i thought the race had started and then you're not really gonna know when the race actually starts because it could just start anytime if it's dependent on the drops people are getting so i don't know when you think of race you think of this fixed like start time and potential end time and from what I've heard about the tuning of this raid as well, I think, yeah, you probably do want it to be done and dusted within a week, perhaps, because if this thing goes on for weeks or months, I don't think it's ever gone on for months, but people are just going to lose interest. An event like this has to probably hmm. have the hype of a week or so uh, for people to stay engaged because, you know, we get distracted very easy, don't we, Mike? Yes, so uh, that's been that's been a talking point as well, is that... It was done really quickly, and like I said, it was done before the first reset. Part of the issue that people are having was that, like you said, the first two days at least are spent doing splits and Mythic Plus and getting the gear before you even head into Mythic. That used to not be an issue because Mythic used to be released later, so the guilds would do all of that stuff before the race actually began. Um, so when the race world first began, it would already be in Mythic, and then you would see it. I'm actually a fan of having like Mythic come out later and letting the guilds do whatever they need to do beforehand um, because like you said if you're a casual viewer you're not going to watch splits um, all the time. Uh, not even if you are like a, a, a full-blown fan as I am. I'm, I'm also oh they're still doing splits all right I'll, I'll turn it off and come yeah. back later. <laughs> um, and it's not so. like they're if depending on the time of day more than likely they're not just going to suddenly jump into it and be like all right let's do it it's more of like okay we've done everything that we can for today let's log off and come back tomorrow and then jump into mythic then um now it's a necessary part they have to do it um, in order to be in the best position that they can in order to actually be able to kill the bosses so i think they should go back to the previous method of making sure that heroic they have their time beforehand and then they release mythic i think that if they were going to make a change to blizzard in terms of how they release it obviously this is the age-old debate of eu versus na um na getting the raid first being beta testers versus um just starting it at the same time i think that they should release it at the same time for both uh eu and na so that both guilds can get it um start fresh together at the same time yeah, I've seen a lot of talk on Twitter after this about sort of reiterating that point of we have expansions releasing on a global scale now. Why can't we have patches coming out on the same day as well? And we're almost in, you know, getting into 20 years now of Warcraft and this is still something that hasn't changed. Can you see it changing, Marty? I mean, I think the main issue is not so much the global release and this, you know, the global release itself. I don't think it's the big issue. The issue is if we go into, you know, uh, the second um, 
oh, what are we calling it again? The second reset. Because when will the, if they're not finished within one week, when will the second reset then be? Because will that also be globally the same? Or will that then go back to normal third Tuesday, Wednesday? And then I sort of think then we're back and then we'll have that issue instead. Because the issue is that if it's a really, really, you know, tight last boss and, and they don't kill it, uh, they're, both teams are at the last boss and they're, you know, doing good progress and then the reset hits. Then Limit will have that day advance to go get some, you know, do another clear, get better gear, and then go kill the the, the end boss straight off. Uh, because that's Here's a terrible idea. Mm -hmm. You don't reset, like no reset or maintenance takes place until that <laughs> boss dies, and the whole player base of World of Warcraft is got torches and pitchforks. Yeah, that that's definitely not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> and to a certain extent in certain aspects you don't want that to happen because uh we we're kind of in a weird space with this raid where and nothing was really felt like it was unkillable right like it felt like blizzard actually like nailed if not a little too easy but they nailed in what they needed to do but i think that the tuning was done in a way where they didn't need the reset and that was really good i think we're also slowly coming to an end so i don't know tom do you have any like questions about the race that you you know something that you have been wondering while while watching it or, or do you are you an expert in in the race to wolf first now <laughs> Well, yeah, see, I've never really watched Race to World First, which I think we've established over the course of this podcast so far, but I did make the effort to watch a little bit more of it this time. And actually, I saw the kill happen while I was on a call with Mike and we were playing Dungeons and Dragons while Marty was DMing and Marty didn't get to see it. So I feel like I got to experience what that <laughs> thrill was like. And it was very exciting watching the watching the final encounter you know it was like like you say it was like the last lap in a formula one race or something like that where you know it was all going down yeah that was very exciting one thing i suppose it's highlighted to me that still i think is an issue and that's simply because world of warcraft was never built to be an esports game back when it first came out like that was not really a consideration is i still find it very hard to understand what's going on just by looking at the game i will give big kudos to the guilds taking part in this because they have these overlays which give so much more detail than it could ever be displayed in game and i think i think that's why you know we have the casters and i think the casters are doing such a good job at also you know explaining what is happening because it is difficult to see so i think we need to keep Give kudos to the casters as well a lot of the time. Again, it just comes back to that point of like, Warcraft was never built for this. Like, mm. That was never the, you know, if, if they made the game again, if they make WoW 2, they're definitely going to consider like, oh, visually, like this game needs to be better for somebody that's spectating it, you know, for Mythic Invitationals or Race to World Bursts or PvP or, you know, things like that, because it just reminds me of like, Oh, as much as I love playing this game, I find it really hard watching people play. But like you say, <laughs> when you have that commentary, that definitely adds a lot because people are able to explain this uh, boss is doing this ability right now. And that needs to be interrupted or this is what they're doing right now. So they don't wipe. And I think that is an interesting thing that helps you learn. Yeah, I, I want to piggyback on that and just say that I think that the casters are doing an amazing job. Obviously, you have casting for um, Echo as well as Limit. They got more big names on there, too. Like, both groups have, like, YouTubers and stuff like that as their analysts um, that you can use. They have experts that are 
um, like experts in healing. Uh, you have Automatic Jack over on Limit side, like talking about all the healing aspects and things like that. Um, even on Method side, they have like their production up and running again as well. Like they're starting to build that back up. And I think that as with most sports, you need that that element to keep people engaged, especially during splits or multiple pools of a boss where to the average viewer or even not just so average you're wondering like why why did they die what happened what happened so they do a great job on making sure that we know what's going on we've had a lot of talk about race to world first and what that is and conversations about what that potentially needs to look like in future but if you could make one change to risk the world first, which you think would make it much better for the competitors and the spectators, what would you change? I mean, I think we already touched a little bit about it, but you know, the don't have to watch splits, or at least you know, not all of the splits would be you know something that would improve or bring it back to how it were earlier. Um, I think that is something that is on my personal wish list. I don't know the solution to this. I don't know how it would work, but again, as we mentioned, the global release, you know, uh, that everyone can start at the same time. Um, I don't know how much it would matter in the end, but at least, you know, you can squash some of all those who are saying like, yeah, but the NA got it before the EU and, you know, stuff like that. So uh, a little bit more of an even playing field. But then again, you know what? I'm actually also kind of just enjoying it as it is right now that it's actually community driven and and things like that. I think that I would, I don't know how they would make it work, but I think if they had a raid server, if they go back to having Mythic release separate from Heroic, then guilds do all the prep that they need to, and then they import their characters to this raid server, and the raid server goes live at the same time for anyone i would say anyone that wanted to raid race the world first they would say it ahead of time and they would be able to be on this server and then at a certain time they would all kind of log on to that server and be able it would be controlled by blizz or whatever and they'd all be able to start at the same time i think that would be be a pretty cool idea and it would be everyone starting on even footing at least for that aspect do you think if they did something like that they'd have to release the raid exclusively to this i'm gonna say tournament realm do you think they'd have to release that earlier because then there's still not other guilds like on live servers taking part in mythic raiding as well and do you think also that would potentially drive more interest because that's the only place where players like you know me or you could see this content happening that i don't know i don't know if you want to release it earlier for those guilds because then uh, that creates a dynamic of then blizzard is going to have to be involved too much where they have to filter who is saying that they're actually going to be a part of this race to world first versus who just wants to get into the raid early but has like no real chance of doing it or whatever um maybe i mean obviously we have the names of guilds and things like that but i mean maybe they just make it a realm right like the realm comes out and i don't know it's difficult because there are certain things like this raid showed that they locked certain things um like the legendary item they locked it behind a world first kill or at least a realm first or a region right it was a region based kill for the legendary so once Echo and limit uh, down Sarkareth, then it allowed everyone to be able to get that legendary um, Drakthir weapon. So 
I like stuff like that. I think it's pretty cool that that stuff has ramifications. It goes all the way back to Encourage um, when everyone was trying to be Scarab Lord. And then once you did it, like that was kind of <laughs> it, right? Um, yeah. I like that kind of atmosphere. And I feel like it's community driven in that sense. So the more that I think about it, the more I don't like my realm idea. I can add one more thing that I think would, would go away that I f- would find a shame in a turn- tournament realm like that or, or a realm like that. And that is that there is some raiding guilds among US EU that are just like we're raiding one day and that is on release because we might get that one kill up there on, on the list before, you know, the other guilds move in there. And I think that would go away. And that I think that is a charm to it that I kind of like as well. <laughs> I, I kind of like that too, right? Like it, it shows that the race in itself is so much bigger than just just these two or three guilds right like it's not just these two there were four bosses down in mythic i think before limit or echo even stepped foot in there and those guilds they knew they weren't gonna down sarkareth before them but um just like you said they probably wanted to see their 15 minutes of fame yeah they got their names (laughs) up there they could like type in the chat look at me i'm on there like notice me um but (laughs) I don't know there's so much that goes into it, right? There's so much, um, like Tom mentioned earlier, it has blown up bigger than what anyone ever could have thought, and we just kind of take it as it goes and enjoy the aspects of that we that we do, right? There's positives and negatives that go into it, but for the most part, I think the guilds have a good time doing it, and they're usually in better spirits about it than the player base, <laughs> <laughs> just like actual sports. That's all we had for this episode of Talking Wild, but some great points raised there by Mike and some by Marty as well. But what did you think? Do you agree with anything that's been said on this podcast? Do you disagree with anything that's been said? I'm sure you do. And you can let us know any feedback you have in the places that you do that. Very big thank you again for Mike and Esme for joining (laughs) us on this episode where we were talking about the race to world first. I've been Tom, that has been Marty, and we've been talking wow. Bye. Oh, bye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in, champion. Did you enjoy this episode of Talking Wow? If so, why not drop a review on your podcast catcher of choice or leave us a comment? You can find Talking Wow on Twitter or YouTube over at Talking Wow. Hope to see you again soon!